let's start the show. The opinions expressed in this program are for general purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security. The views of the podcast guest speakers are their own and are no way endorsed by encouraging your dreams. Hey everybody, this is Dr. E, the Life Saving Queen, and I am here ready to go. I am excited. I am so excited about this episode already, and I ain't even told you what this is about. However, before I get into that, let me just go ahead and just do a little recap. At least the past two episodes, you know, one of them was the cost of it all, and the other one talked about developing positive relationships, right? And that's good stuff, and I got some other things on relationships to come. However, you just never know what it is that Dr. E gonna do. I thought about, all right, I'm gonna switch gears just for a minute. I got to get serious for a minute don't don't worry about it it's just gonna be just for a little bit but i gotta get serious for a minute and switch gears and i felt like even though we'll be working on relationships in the future that's another kind of relationship we need to be working on and that's gonna be in ourselves right so that's a part of it too matter of fact that's probably one of the biggest relationships that we can have with that being said this time it's not all about dr e unfortunately it's not about me it's not about me i got a guest speaker here and i'm kind of excited to have him and today the time is going to be about defining your purpose. Did you hear me? It's going to be defining your purpose. So I need for everybody to make sure your ears are kind of glued in. I need you in there because we got the pastor right here today. See, that's why I said it's not all about Dr. E. We got the pastor today. So with that being said, because we got to shine a little light on it. Come on, pastor. I want you to go ahead and just introduce yourself. How you doing, Dr. E? It's great to be on the show today. So I'm Pastor Shannon D. Little. I'm pastor of the University Christian Church uh, Disciples of Christ here in Houston, Texas. That address is 3610 Southmore Boulevard. I've been a pastor in Dallas for, I guess, about 15 years and now I moved to Houston. And so uh, I've been in ministry for a total of 33 years. And uh, I'm just delighted to talk about this subject. I'm excited myself about just the Q&A and the dialogue that we're going to have on this evening. Happy to be here. That is exciting. Let me tell you something. You know, Dr. E is very excited to have you. But anyway, let's get to it. You talking like you got a little love for Dr. E now, but I'm about to hit you with some of these hard questions. I'm hoping that you're ready, Pastor. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Then. So I guess my first question to you is going to be, how should one define their life purpose? Well, that is a great question just to start off the gate. I believe one finds their life purpose, their self-fulfillment, and also a divine fulfillment. So I think that one can try to define their purpose by what drives them, their ego, money, cars, power, family, happiness. A lot of things can drive oneself to think that that may be all that they're here for. I want to probably introduce another side, a divine purpose per se, what God has you here for. And that may take years for you to ultimately know what God has you here for. Oh, don't worry about it, Pastor. I got questions for you. You hanging with Dr. E. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. You're going to get an opportunity to say a whole lot of stuff because I got a whole lot of questions that's going to take you some places that you didn't even know that Dr. E could go. I mean, how important is it for one to even try to define their life purpose? I think it's very important. I think that once you find out that you are here for a purpose, and it may take years to find out in your adolescence, you're trying to work on your career. Young adults, you're trying to settle in, maybe get married, have children. But when you get to your 40s and maybe your 50s, you really kind of see or ask yourself, why am I here? I mean, I have some possessions. I have some material goods. I have some resources. But what is it all for? And we're going to dive in tonight. Is it fair to say, because I be trying to encourage them now, but that's what I do. You know, I'm, I'm encouraged. So is it fair to say that 
everyone has a purpose? It is fair to say that. And everybody may not know what their ultimate purpose in life is. And so that's also fair to say. But everybody is here for a reason. And even if it's not for a divine or spiritual reason, listen, you can contribute to what I call God's plan anyway. Whether you know it or not, he can use anybody. He can use you saved or unsaved to accomplish his purpose, which is the ultimate goal and his ultimate will is for his purpose and will to be done. Yeah. 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 No, that's interesting because I was going to ask you the difference from those who are spiritual versus those who aren't. But before I even go into that, because I do want to know how purpose apply, I want to know what's the difference between even being spiritual versus being religious? Uh, Well, being religious is basically driven by just the desire to serve a God. We don't know who that God may be in your life. Could be Buddha, could be Allah, could be God the Father as we know him. Different different religions just have the desire to serve a God. And so being spiritual, per se, brings you to the element of connecting with the creator. And so we want to or try to enlighten ourselves that, listen, there's only one creator. That's creator God the Father. Ah, that's interesting. And that's the reason why I wanted you to talk about the difference from those who believe in those who don't when it comes to purpose, especially if we're saying that everybody has a purpose. And I guess another reason why I'm saying this, because everybody don't necessarily serve the same God or their spirituality is a little different. You know, I got people that come see me who are atheists. I got people see me that who are agnostic. I got people who come and see me who are Christian, some who are Wiccan. I got people who come. So, so spirituality is, is a wide range when you say, okay, you come to serve one God. So purpose for those people who believe in the one God versus purpose for those people who say that that ain't, that ain't what I do. That ain't for me. Yes. Um, purpose in a, is intertwined and I'm coming from the Christian point of view. Purpose in a, is intertwined with the will of the Father, the will of God the Father. So he has a divine purpose and he can use the saved and unsaved to accomplish his purpose. Once again, when you're talking about the saved, he predestined you or pre-knew what you was going to do and your choices that you was going to make. Now, I do want to say that God is not some mystical puppeteer that just have us moving on strings and puppets and pulling our chain. No, we do have the freedom of choice. And so in that freedom of choice, he has a permissive will and of course, a divine will. And so he permits certain things in your life to happen, but they can be used for his glory and your good. Interesting, because I got some I got some stories coming from you a little later, though, Pastor. You're not quite <laughs> off the hook. I'm going to tell you, but that was good. But okay, so that's deep. All right, God knows. All right, we done determined. God knows. God, you know, predetermined. He know what's up, okay? That's great that God knows, but how do a person go about discovering their purpose? Well, let me let me use a, uh, a scripture, if I could, and we'll probably bounce off some scripture and then come back to some more dialogue. But I want to first give you uh, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five through nine. And this is God speaking to Jeremiah. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. In other words, even before 
before your mother knew your father, before they even had sexual intercourse, he already knew that you were going to be born. And in the belly, he already ordained you for a specific task. He had you here for a reason, a purpose for your life. And he said that I've ordained you to be a prophet. And so once again, uh, Isaiah's comment was, oh Lord, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. In other words, he, he really didn't understand. He's, he was too young. He's saying, I, I'm a young man. I'm a child. And I don't understand what all profiting has to do with my life, my calling, my purpose. That's what, what he was saying. And then, of course, in verse seven, he said, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I will send. And whatever I command you to speak, you will speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. Then the Lord put his hands and touched his mouth and said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. In other words, once again, in eternity past, he already ordained the message and the prophet and the path with Jeremiah was supposed, supposed to take in his life. To be a prophet, to warn Judah about their sins and to warn them about the grace and love of God. So uh, that's one instance there about uh, how God uses someone that is a Christian or have faith in, in one God. Now I have to say this. I still got to get to you know, how the person find out what they're here for, but I got to say this because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm glad that you brought Jeremiah up and that you read that you know, because that is very profound. And the reason why I say that is because that would, and I'm bearing off just a little bit, y'all excuse Dr. A, excuse Dr. A, okay? But here's the thing, all right? For all of you that sit there and y'all come to Dr. A talking about, you know, I done had a horrible childhood or why I had them kind of parents or whatever the case may be. Because I like how he said that before your parents even knew you was coming, which means that somewhere in there, even though they were used to bring you here, yeah. it wasn't about them. You were meant to be here. And I don't want you to forget that you were meant to be here. You shouldn't question if you was meant to be here because it's not about the people who brought you into this world. It's the fact that you were meant to be in this world and they were just used to bring you here. I know you said that, you said that, but I'm just saying I had to iterate that because sometimes we tend to question our existence based off of other people and your walk and what it is that you are to do is not based off of anybody else. It is based off of you and what it is that you're called to do. But with that same pastor, All I right. still got people that need to understand how in the world do they discover their purpose? One discovers their purpose, of course, by one's passion. What what do you like to do? What are you skilled at? That could be one reason. If you're a good orator, God may use you uh, to speak, to witness. Your purpose may be to evangelize. Your purpose may to to bring encouragement. Your purpose may be to to share by way of your conversation to encourage people. So that can be something that just by how do I find it out? What is your passion? What do you like to do? Some people like children. Some people like giving. They have a gift of and their purpose is generosity. So God will channel resources and, and things through them so that they purpose is to give it to whom he wills. And so a lot of a lot of things go into uh, finding your purpose. And uh, I can't and don't want to ever pigeonhole God to just say, well, it's coming this way or it's coming this way. So it's it's many channels and it could take years before you fall into that specific uh, calling that is your purpose. Okay. So then I have to ask, what's the difference between a calling and purpose? Well, I think they intertwine within the two. Uh, what are you called to do 
versus what is your purpose. You're called to your purpose. And if I could read uh, Ephesians 2 and 10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared, here it is, beforehand that we shall walk in them. So we're prepared for good works. We're prepared to be used for God, uh, to give him glory. And that was beforehand. He already predestined that, chose you, but we have to choose to walk in them, to listen to how he beckons us, how he calls us, how he summons us. Uh, those are different avenues in our own life that we have to come to realization within our own heart. Okay. So the call and the purpose are equally important. Is that what we're saying? Yes, that is what we're saying. Okay. Very good. Okay. So, all right. For those, those people who are Christians may or may not know, cause sometimes, you know, we, we, we in the church, but we didn't, we don't hear so good. You know, you know, you know how it is, you know, we, we there, you know, but, and then we got some people who trying to make a decision to be there. They haven't quite full got their foot through the door, but they thinking about putting their foot through the door. The Easter holiday is coming up. Mm -hmm. So what is, what is even the purpose of the Easter holiday? What are we talking about? What does that represent? What are we doing? Well, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Easter holiday basically uh, represents, of course, the resurrection of Christ and uh, him uh, defeating death, hell, and the grave and, and being resurrected to having life forevermore. So uh, that's what we're symbolizing is what we call or what I call Resurrection Sunday. And I do... Um, want to educate Christians uh, really not to call it Easter Sunday. And that has to do with eggs and, and bunny rabbits. Comes basically from an ancient God that they would worship as a fertility God. So the concept of Easter as uh, eggs and bunnies is a pagan concept, but we want to celebrate resurrection morning. It's interesting when you start talking about like the pagan concept. I thought I was just thinking about like, you know, Moses and, you know, like worshiping figures to say, hey, this is what we're serving, the idol gods, you know. And then I, I think about that and I think in a lot of holidays we tend to do that with our Christmas trees and things of that Absolutely. nature. And it's not, I mean, you know, people do what they do. There's no judgment with it, but doing something and recognizing why you do it and, and then what it stands for is totally different thing but you know at other holidays we introduce other things as a teaching method but at some point there has to be growth before i transition because i got to talk to you about the death and resurrection a little bit no i had one of my clients man my client was on it that, that girl i was like oh talk man to me, talk to me. you know what I'm saying? she she had something for you and she wanted to know because this was about pleasing god and i'm pleased with her because she has a thought to want to please god Okay. okay, but here's the question that she had. She wanted to know about, I guess, twofold. It's like, I guess, how do we know if we're pleasing God? And then what is the line between stillness and action? No, because when you do, if you are a person that you know, hear God, because you say, I am spiritual, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, I, you know, whatever, this is why I'm a Christian, whatever. You said, hey, how do I know when he want me to be still? And how do I know when he want me to take action? Well, a lot of time, Dr. E, when you... <laughs> When you uh, hear from God and uh, you will get a motion to be still, that doesn't mean inactivity. Being still means being quiet in your spirit 
spirit to hear from God, to see where he's taking you, to see what doors are open, to see what opportunities are lying before you. It doesn't mean inactivity. You keep doing what you're doing, but you're in a, a listening or still posturing your spirit to know that I want to get a word in from, from God. I want to hear his voice. I want to see where he's leading me. I want to recognize the door that he's uh, opening for me. So when God wants you to move, doors will open. And that's how, good, how do I know where to go? How do I know where you don't get the pushback? Things just happen. Things fall into place. Things come into sequence easily. And that's God moving, going before you, setting a pathway for you. That's good, Pastor. That's good. Because I'm, I'm like, because mm, 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 mm. I'm sitting here thinking like, man, it's almost like an introduction to the transition of All what right. it is that he's going to have you do. That's what that's what I hear you saying. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. You know, Dr. E don't have it on the name now. I got Dr. E on my, I got that doc in the that E. That's all I got, the dark and the E. So I guess I want to know. I mean, because it sounds like the quiet place is almost like the transition place. It's almost like a pause to prepare to perform the action. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Woo-woo! Right on. That's good. But then how long do the pause supposed to be? Because sometimes I got people that are laying on the spot. They are late. And you know, our ways are not God's ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. And so therefore, I cannot tell you or can no man tell you when it is or how long you have to wait. You just have to wait. Faith is is what keeps us in the waiting posture. We just got to believe he he can, believe that he will. We got to believe that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for without the evidence of things seen. We, we can't see our way through. It doesn't make sense. We're waiting on it. And so we just got to believe it's going to happen. So I don't know how long it's going to happen. For some people, it may happen in a month. Some people may happen in two months. Some may happen in a year. But he's telling you to wait. Pastor, you say that. So that, let me tell you something. The way that rolled off, that was so beautiful. But you don't know how hard that wait is. That wait. Look, look. I, that that wait. It's hard. I know it's hard. And sometimes we want to hurry up on God. And sometimes we want to get in the way and help him out. And uh, I think that Abraham is a perfect example of that. He had a uh, child out of out of the covenant, and his first child he didn't have with Sarah, who was the child of promise, Isaac. So uh, he tried to go before God and help God out because both of them at the time was barren. So the waiting can be hard. The waiting can be frustrating. The waiting can be or uh, seem as though God may not answer. So we begin to move, but I. And trust all of us to wait on him. Ooh. Waiting. It's just listening. Oh, all right, Pastor. I, that, I, it's good stuff. I, I still say it's hard. It's hard, but I, but God, but God. Okay, I'm going to let that be. I'm going to let that be what it is. All right, Pastor. So I am wanting to get into death a little bit. And I know you're saying, what in the world? But I feel like a lot of people have questions about okay. death itself. Since we're talking about, you know, resurrection, my thing is that we still got to also talk about the death. And so I, I kind of want to talk about that because it's important, not only from the fact of this time period, but also as human beings, because a lot of us fear death. Yeah. So I feel like that this is important to talk about. Okay, Pastor. So we, we didn't talk about purpose and calling as our life purpose while we're here on the face of the earth. So what's the purpose of death? We walking around, we serving God, we doing what it is we're to do. Why we got to leave here? Why we got why we got to get up out of here, Pastor? Talk to me about that. Well, definitely he's going to usher in his new kingdom and he wants his believers to reign with him and be glorified 
glorified with him. And so we've got to understand, first of all, there are two deaths. Uh, there's a physical death, and then there's the spiritual death. And so we want to avoid, of course, the second death, which is spiritual death. We want to uh, have life, life everlasting forevermore and be with him spiritually. Now, the spiritual death of a non-believer, of course, would be total damnation, which means separation from him spiritually. Okay. If we were going to talk about the death of Jesus and talk about our death, similarities, differences, representations, how can we relate to the death of Jesus? The death of Jesus, of course, actually meant that he paid the price for man's sin. And so the wages of sin is, is death. And so that had to be, that had to be administered. And uh, it had to be from a perfect human being, which Jesus was. None of us were perfect. We're sinful. And so Jesus took our sins on the cross and bore those sins and died that we may have everlasting life. So the resurrection, meaning that he got up, he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay in the tomb, which means that he defeated death and sin. The grave didn't hold him and sin definitely didn't keep him dead. Okay, so I got to say something on this because, you, and, and I'm coming for you, Pastor, a little bit because, see, I notice all pastors, when they go in, they go in like that. They go in like that. And it's it's the truth. It's the word of God, right? right. But I think what people confuse is which life that we're talking about and which death that we talk. talking You said that there was two types of death. You said yes. that there was a spiritual death and you said that there was a physical death. Yes. And I think what happens is people don't understand when they say Jesus died for our sin. Right. Okay, so that we can have everlasting life we're talking about so you don't experience both deaths so in other words we're going to die physically so the life that he was giving us that could be everlasting was the spiritual life pastors i mean help me with that absolutely that uh he's going to give us everlasting life and of course he died in his human nature god of course was all man and all god at the same time. Matter of fact, the Bible in Paul's writing calls death sleep. He says that we're sleeping uh, because he, we're going to be raised again. That's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So Christ's resurrection is akin to us, us being resurrected again to be with him. We're going to die in the physical sense. Of course, those that are on the earth uh, that are believers that remain will be caught up in the air with him. So once again, we, we're going to reign with him for everlasting life. I love that. And I guess what I'm loving about that as I listen to you explain it is that we're going to die just the way Jesus did for us, the physical death. For us, the physical death. And yes. it's like, if he can do that, and I'm sitting there like, man, so there is a correlation between, I mean, we're going to die in the physical death. And he's saying, yes. you know, but though, but you also going to live in the spiritual. Yeah. You know, because yes. so, you know, because when we talk about Jesus, you know, he, that's the only way that he passed away. That's the only way he left here. And so exactly. he's giving us the same opportunity that, exactly. that he has. So that's what we mean about him paving the way is that he said, I done went through this first so that you can do the exact same thing. Am I, exactly. Am I that? exactly. And uh, once you said it, uh, it's a transition. Let me read Thessalonians chapter four, starting with verse 13. It says, Paul, and this is Paul speaking, Apostle Paul, but I, I do not want you to be ignorant brethren concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest your sorrow as others have no hope. He said, listen, this is not the end of it. You dying the physical death is not the end of life itself. 
because he don't want you to go around as somebody that doesn't have hope. He says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, here's that correlation, even so God will bring with him those who are asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those that are asleep. For the Lord himself would descend from the earth with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive and remain will be caught up in the air with him. So once again, there's two, two risings, so to speak. The dead in Christ that are asleep will rise first, and then those who remain on, on the earth alive that our believers will be caught up in the air with him and uh, we all will be there at that particular point. But Paul is saying, don't, don't, don't go around fearing death. Don't think that that's something that you have to be scared of, that you don't have any hope because God defeated death and we will defeat the physical death by rising up again and being spiritually alive forever. You know, because of the field I'm in, you know, I deal with a lot of people that sometimes think about suicide and, you know, I have somebody that's going to be coming on talking about that, but you know, it's not only, it's not the the physical death because they just think about, hey, I'm not going to be here. You know, right. I'm not going to be here anymore. But they don't understand the concern for the spiritual death. You're taking both lives. It's like in, you're taking two versus one. And so, I like and, and, you know, and I'm, I'm going to get into that a little later, but I, I love the way you explain that because that's where my mind tend to go when I start thinking about the people whom I serve. But then, let me tell you. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, look, see, this is something I wonder sometimes. I, I had to ask this question because I, I be wondering myself. Sometimes people get to the end. You okay. know, whether they at a hospital or they in a car accident. You know, sometimes you sometimes you know it's coming. Like you got a long length of time, you know it's coming. And sometimes you know it's coming, but it's a short period of time exactly. before you know it's coming. So I guess my question to you is, do you believe that those who don't consider themselves spiritual get an opportunity to make a change right before death happens? They may and they may not. I think that life is the opportunity to change. How many days that uh, God allows you on the earth is is the opportunity to change. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind, that you may know the perfect will of God. And so if you don't have that mindset in the prescribed time that God gives you, and he may give you time to recognize right before you die. That's that's fine because he can do that. He did that with the uh, thief at, on the cross with him. He said, this day you should be with me in paradise because he recognized who, who was hanging on the cross beside him. And so it may not be too late, but I wouldn't take that chance. But nobody tell us when it's coming though, pastor. I, nobody that's, don't say nothing. That's the beautiful part. I think if everybody knew the time and day that they was going to die, then they would uh, live a hellion life. And then right before, uh, the day before, they try to come on in. Yeah, but you yeah, never yeah, know. Yeah, you're telling it right, though, Pastor. You know, <laughs> Dr. E, you know, they don't be out in these streets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like to say, I'm trying to be right, Pastor. I'm trying yeah, to be yeah. right. That's all I can tell you. you know so, any, 
anyway, but okay, so listen up. I'm gonna tell you something that I do in therapy. Okay. And sometimes when I'm in therapy, you know, there is a recording that I like to play. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you who it is. It's a TED talk done by Rick Warren on the purpose of driven life. And I tend to use that sometimes. Is purpose wrapped around the right job, the cars we drive, or I mean, like, is it materialistic? Because I think sometimes we just get caught up in like positions or possessions and things like that. And we'll feel like, okay, this is what I do. So I guess I, I guess I want to know, you know, or is it a talent? You know, is it is it being able to play basketball itself? You know, what what is it? Uh, I think that, and you raise a great point, I don't think that your purpose is the materialistic things that may come in your way, but it's the uh, mentality and the mindset that you have. And so there's nothing wrong with having materials uh, and resources. Just don't let those material and resources have you. Now, playing basketball and sports can just be a, a vehicle for you to do what God has a platform with, for what God has for you to do by way of your purpose. Your purpose was not just to play basketball, but it was the platform in which God used so your talent and purpose can be given out. Okay, curveball, curveball. I'm a banker. What's uh -huh. uh, well, your banker banking skills and finances and, and being a banker could be linked with someone at the job. I always used to say, and I tell people, your purpose and your gifting may not be, or your contribution to life may not be something that you do, but someone that you raise or come in contact with. Mm -hmm. So in other words, God may know that there is someone great that's coming but they need you as the one person that can turn them around and they would do the greater things. And your purpose was just to introduce Christ to them, their purpose to them, a new light to them. And they may change thousands and thousands of minds and people uh, because you, just the one person you, was there at the right place at the right time. That is so awesome. Two thoughts. So two thoughts come to mind. One past I think about, you know, I'm like, Lord, am I in the water dipping Jesus? The other part that kind of means say, man, I say this about my clients. I'm going to tell you something. I have some people that come through my office and they are extraordinary people. And I look at them and they don't even realize how much they bring to the table. And I am so grateful that they crossed my path because I feel like yes. that I serve my purpose in, mm -hmm. you know, getting them to wherever it is that they're to be to do the works that may be way greater than me. But you I feel it. like I did my part because I was there to help them to see whatever it is that God wanted me to help them to see. And I think that that is the most spectacular thing because I rejoice in that. And oh, somebody yeah. else may think it's a small role, but for me, it's like it is the most rewarding thing because not only, and he, and he blessed me in the sense of not only do I get a chance to see the seeds get planted, I get a chance a lot of times to see them grow, which is, I think is awesome. Absolutely. So, the question is this though, Pastor, can a person live, can a human being live a life without fulfilling their purpose? Let me, let me say this. A man can have his own purpose, but without God, his purpose won't have meaning. So in other words, I may know what I want to do and achieve, but if I do it without God, it's just human good. So I may go my whole life, still may not know what my purpose is. Your life with in eternity will equal up to, I would say, wasted time because you may have accumulated wealth. You may have accumulated power, prestige, or fame. You may have all that. 
But if you don't have your purpose, what you were set on earth to do, listen, it was meaningless. That's interesting, Pastor, because I'm going to bring you a story because I want you to tell me. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm get, but, but before I do that, it's interesting because, you know, I think a little differently because somewhere in there, I feel like whatever we're destined to do in this life, we end up doing it whether we know it or not. We end up serving purpose whether we know it or not because I believe that God can use anything. So I believe that even when we don't know we're touching people or being a blessing to people or doing what it is that we are here to do on this or whether we can identify it or not doesn't mean that God doesn't use it. So I it's interesting. Sure. So I so it's interesting because I be thinking like, can we as human beings, because we're here, he put us here, he knew what we were destined to do. It's like, can we can we as human beings be here and not really do what God was gonna have us to be here to do, whether we realize and recognize that we do it or not? I think that's that's a thought-provoking question. Because once again, God can can use anybody and God can use evil to accomplish good. And so even when I'm not in his will, it can affect somebody else to the point that they might just look at my life and get right. That right. But, there it is, Pastor. Go on, preach that. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, I want to tell you a little story. There was, uh, I was listening to, I was listening to Charlie Wilson do an interview and and uh, he was talking about how he got on drugs. And this was after the Gap Band had been famous and made plenty of recording and he was wealthy, but he got on drugs and lost it all. He lived a couple of years in his car. But he uh, one day he met a young lady that he used to know who used to be a drug addict, but got cleaned up. And he said uh, that she said, look at you and showed him a mirror of himself. And he saw how he had lost a lot of weight. His skin was patchy and uh how he was living and seeing her cleaned up and seeing the mirror of himself brought him back on the right road to recovery. And uh, so he's he's living back in the music business, but he's dedicating himself back to God because God uh, really had mercy and grace on him. And so uh, while he was out in the streets, he played hard, party hard, but uh, he felt the effects of it. He just had, he had that time. Like you say, we have time to get it right before we die. Ain't that something? I like that story. So, so I had a friend of mine and actually it was a co-worker slash friend. And you no, know, he was, he was living his life. He was a good guy, good family man, taking care of his kids, everything. And you no, know, he had been promoted and was in the process of promoting again. His wife was doing very well. They had had an additional home. They they were doing their thing. They were doing well. He went home. Then, then, you know, over the weekend, he decided to cut his yard. So he cut his yard. His family was there. He cut his yard and everything. And his wife and children decided they were going to go to the store. So after he finished cutting his yard, he got on Facebook, got on his socials and said, hey, finally finished. Finally finished. And he walked into his home and he had a heart attack in the door. Didn't even get chest closed the door. <laughs> now, you said, I know you like, okay, Daddy, what in the world? Here we go. When I think about life, my thing is this. When I look at people, I'm always feeling like we live in two lives within one. Let me explain, Pastor. He was a he was a God-fearing man. He lived a life still having things to do. Because most people I know, they're not done when they die. Not, right. not in their mind. In their mind, they got to pick up their kids. They in college. They got to go to work. They about to promote. They got all these things going on. He still had things he wanted to do that next day, that evening. You know, he walking in the house to do something. But yet, he left this 
world. Mm. And so, and and I believe that he served his purpose, but sometimes we'll tend to lock in. If we put purpose on all those other things, he still had all those other things to do. So if he was still planning and having all those other things to do that he was doing during his every day, why was it then God's time? He wasn't done yet. Well, he's not done with what he wanted to do as a person, but God's will is perfect. And uh, we have so much allotted time. And once again, we want to, we may want to live to be 80, 90, 100 years old, but if we've served our purpose according to God's timetable in 40 years, in 50 years, and have the impact, sometimes the impact of our purpose may come after we've gone, if that makes any sense. We've touched some family member, that we've touched some child we was raising. By that death and look, and, and for them to change their lives 20, 30 years later and realize that, hey, my father died 20 years ago, but he made such an impact in my life that he is now moving in God's purpose into such a way that uh, is impacting hundreds of thousands. So once again, that's a good question. Yeah, he may have earthly things to do according to his calendar, according to his schedule, but uh, God had another timetable. I love that. That is so amazing on how you put that because that is so important for those people who lose people whom they love. And they don't and they're not ready for them to go. And they like how in the world this could have happened to me? Why did they leave me? All of these particular questions. And the thing is that they had done what they were here to do. That's number one. Then I also think about for those people who feel that loss, they have to understand the impact and remember the impact oh, that yeah. the individual whom left here you know, had on their life. And it's not an impact only in that moment, but it's how that person has sold their seed, implanted their seed so well, they can yeah. continue to move yeah. forward. So I think that that is like a wonderful way to look at that because, you know, if I think even about his children and how his children might think about, think back about the man that, you know, their dad was and remembering that even though that he wasn't get he didn't get a chance to see some of the other moments in their life there's a recognition because maybe everything maybe everything he did was impactful at that at that time in order to serve the purpose for their for the rest exactly. of their life that, exactly. that was good i like that pastor okay pastor i'm a i guess uh, hold on let me put a, another little log on that fire and you uh said it on the head I, that's why i like to encourage people to not take time for granted and uh because we don't know how long we're on this earth use each day. I like to say, live with intention. Uh, I intend to do something good, something kind, something godly, and uh, move toward that end because we never know when it's our last day. Okay, all right. With that, with that being said, you know, because I'm this about to, I got to get this on out here because I need, <laughs> I need for the folks to understand what's going on out here. I'm like, look, I'm trying to get it, and I know that some of these people are like, Doctor, why are you playing this? Like, what, what's up? But no, I have to be serious sometimes because you know, I, I like to have fun with you. But at the same token, I want to give you something that's going to be life changing. I always want to make sure that I'm trying to give you something that you that just may be like a blessing to you. And for all those people who saying, you know, I ain't into no spiritual messages. I'm apologize up front and I'm coming. I'm coming with some other stuff. But you know, I have to touch on this as well, because this is something that is important to me. And so with that being said, Pastor, I just want to know, I, I want you to tell everybody again. I Yeah, because I'm curious about what you, what you guys are going to be doing you know, in a couple of Sundays or so. Or, you know, so can you tell everybody at the church just in case they have more questions? 
questions or anything like that. Sure. Thank you for this opportunity. My name is Pastor Shannon Little. I am the proud pastor of University Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Houston, Texas. I could be found on my website or you can call the church church website, universitycchouston.org. Website is universitycchouston.org. Our church phone number is 713-522-7625. We worship. Our worship hour is at 10 o'clock. Sunday school is at 845. And we're pretty much over our worship service, probably about 1115, 1130 at the latest. Love to have you. We have some exciting things that are happening at our church. Uh, we do have a program on Resurrection Sunday, and we call it our Parade of Talent. Uh, listen, we're, we got something that you will be interested in at University Christian Church in Houston, Texas. That address is 3610 Southmore Boulevard. All right then, Pastor. I'm excited. Let me tell you something. Let me let everybody know this straight off the back. If you hang with me, you already know. You know, we don't go to the church house because we write. I mean, no, no. Because, you know, because I be up in there sometimes, so y'all already know. So we don't go because we write. <laughs> we go because we be working on ourselves. So you ain't got to be right. Go go in there to sit down and see if you get right. Just a little bit. <laughs> anyway, y'all, this is Dr. E. I appreciate you listening in and tuning in. And Pastor Little, I appreciate you for coming and being here. You know, and I invite you to come back again if you have the time. Please, please, please. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Dr. E. And uh, hope to hear from you soon. Absolutely. On the scene. To live your dream, the life savvy queen. <laughs> Visit encouragingyourdreams.com to learn more about Dr. Eastland or to contact her. We welcome you to download, play, and share this podcast with others for personal use. Any commercial redistribution or reproduction of part or all contents in any form is prohibited without our express written permission.